Welcome to Live With Joy, a podcast created to inspire our listeners to find their life's passion, release their greatest potential while living their lives with joy. Last week in part one of our two-part series with Ford Taylor, founder of Transformational Leadership and author of the book Relational Leadership, we heard Ford recall stories of great business victories, tragic personal mistakes, and the lessons he learned along the way that have led not only to his own continued transformation, but has now transformed lives in even cities and countries that have participated in his Transformational Leadership Program. Let's jump right back in with my conversation with Ford. I believe that this episode's going to bless you and possibly even change your life. Make sure that you listen to the end. We have a few surprises in store for you. What happens is when you have that, whatever it is, that yucky feeling, that angry feeling, that depressed feeling, that anxious feeling, and Joy, I wish I could tell you I could do this 24-7, but then you'd be calling me Jesus, okay? Uh, but, but even Jesus <laughs> wept, all right? And so we're not talking about perfection here. We're talking about becoming something different tomorrow than we are today. And the more we learn how to do this, uh, what happens is if you can think of a muscle in your brain and think of a muscle being really big, all right, well, the, what we have to do is we have to, if we don't want that muscle anymore, we have to atrophy that muscle and we have to build up a different muscle, something stronger. And so the quicker that we can capture that thought, that negative thought, the quicker we can capture it, the quicker we can start atrophying it. And the quicker that we can reframe that negative and turn it into a positive. I mean, how many times do you think I had to, to, to tell myself that I'm not useless, God can still use me, even though I cheated on my wife? <laughs> You know, the fact that I did yeah. not share with her for years that I was sexually abused by a female school teacher. You know, if she had just known that, think of how much, I mean, I'll never forget the day I shared that with Sandra. It was years after I shared the, the other. I mean, I'll never forget. She oh said goodness. to me, this was, these are the first words out of our mouth. Our whole marriage makes sense now. Okay. But the thing is, you know, we hold on to that stuff. And, and, and that little hamster in our brain just keeps playing over and over again. What if I ever shared with anybody that I was sexually abused in, in kindergarten and first grade and that at some level I enjoyed it? And, and, and as an adult, you start asking yourself, is that why I didn't tell anybody? When in reality, you wouldn't even know what to say at that age. You wouldn't even know what to share. Yeah. But, but, but our brains start thinking, yeah. wow, you know, the fact that it felt good, is that why? Because the shame that came with that it's in, it, only someone who's been sexually abused can, un, can understand the in, indescribable nature of that. Well, how many times do I have to say, yeah. you know, that even though all those things enjoy the, the interesting part is giving up the cheating. There was nothing to that compared to giving up the anger and the passive aggressive behavior, always making her think everything was her fault. Okay. That, that was something wow. that I had become. And that was much harder. And so to, so I had to confess those things. I had to keep telling them, asking for prayer. I was sharing with her, honey, I've been this way a long time. It's going to take a minute to change. It's not like one day I said, I'm not going to be that man. And the next day I wasn't that man anymore. I mean, it, it, it's a process. And that's why it's called transformation. It's a change. It takes place over time. And we have to not beat ourselves up 
in the process of atrophying that old thought and building up the, the strength of that new thought. Because when it's built up, then the strength of the new feeling is built up. And when that strength of the new feeling is built mm-hmm. up, I got news for you. Your influence, it, it just completely changes. Okay. And, and leadership is about yes. influence. It's not about a job. It's not about a position. We influence up. We might influence our boss or our parents. We influence across. That's our peers. We influence down. That's our children, our employees. And the influence that we learn to have with ourselves. I mean, think about that. When you can influence your own thoughts, think about the impact on others. And guess what? You get more influence with God. And you'll be amazed what happens to your life when you get more influence there. Ooh, that's some good stuff, man. I would like to talk for a minute about in chapter 26, and I'm not asking you to read the chapter, but you talk about bumper buddies. And I think that's a, that's a really good point to insert right now uh, in making changes and staying consistent with our choices, our new choice, our new road that we want to take. How important does developing okay. bumper buddies, uh, well, Joy, what kind of role does that take? we go down this path of saying, you know, I don't want to be the same next month as I am now, whatever that is. I mean, um, mm-hmm. there's some things, let, let me put it this way. And this is one of the things we're teaching our team to teach others is, you know, we've all been, I've been locked down now for about over two months because our daughter had it. And I, I'm 99% sure I had it and it doesn't matter. So we quarantined ourselves for a long time, even before the, I mean, we were, we were in quarantine and then they locked down. Um, but, but we all, we all are, we're going through change even now. And so I I ask people right now, in this time, ask these three questions. What have you learned? What do you want to change? And what do you not want to change? You know, what do you want to take with you? And and once you know what that is, we teach this concept called bumper buddies or bumper people. Because one of the dynamics or change is when the pressure's taken off, revert back to the old behavior. Okay? Uh, And so bumper buddies are, are built on two things love and trust this is not accountability this is not your boss that can bar can fire you the, these are people in your life they love you enough to tell you if you got lettuce in your teeth and you trust them enough to tell them if your mind or your heart is wandering off of the road that you're trying to go down and when you have those people in your life and you can share those thoughts you know when you can grab that thought and have that bumper person say you know what i'm thinking about this today you know, I was doing a little interview, I think it was last week with the radio station. And they said, give us an example. And I said, well, and that morning, my wife had asked me, honey, you seem a little bit sad. I said, I am. And she said, what's going on? I said, I said, you know me better than anybody. I love going out and helping people right now. I can't go out mm-hmm. and help people. And, uh, and she said, but you're getting to yeah. go in a different way. So I'm, I'm on this radio interview and I, and I told the lady, I said, thank you. Cause I'm not sad anymore cause you're letting me help people. But, 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 but my point is my Yay. wife said, you know, you don't, you don't have to do it the way you've always done it. You can still go help people. And so that, I mean, there's a perfect example of a bumper buddy who's, who helps you kind of get up out of that, that sadness very, very quickly. And so I, I think, it, I think it's important that we all have. You mentioned, I was going to say, you mentioned in your book, the importance of having a number of them and that you have bumper buddies in, in, in different states even and countries. Um, 
how do you go about asking someone to be your bumper buddy? And, and what do you, what kind of characteristics are you looking for? And I understand that you're saying uh, someone who cares and someone that's going to tell you the truth. But I, I have found in my personal life that th- there's very few people who will tell you that you have lettuce in your teeth. <laughs> and so how, like, what kind of practical suggestions do you have? Well, not only there are very few buddy? that tell you you have lettuce in your teeth, they don't tell you with a whole lot of love and kindness. <laughs> you know? So if they do tell you, it's like, <laughs> you idiot, why did you put lettuce in your teeth? When, of course, you have no idea that you even have it there. Um, well, one of the sure. things, as you know, uh, Joy, if you remember, we encourage people to training that, that if you're going to have a bumper pus- person, bumper people, bumper buddies, that they would be in the same playbook you're in. So whatever that is. And so if you, if you, if you have a set of tools that you want to use, let's just say you're doing a Bible study, you would want a, a bumper buddy that's in the same Bible study you're in because you, you do the, the common language. And so when we do our trainings, we tell people, be sure you have at least one bumper buddy that understands the language of TL. Because we have some, as you know, some words that I've made up, some gotcha. acronyms that if, if people use those, like TFA, you know, bumper buddy, waddle model, BP Mosa, okay, all those different words, there's a bunch of them, V steel and lead. Well, if you, if you have people that have the common language that you have, that's really important. And, and, and tell them, you know, what it is, they share your goals with them, have them share theirs with you. But if they don't have the heart, Uh, or the training and see that's what's like i said while ago lots of theory but very little that's practical and implementable and so as you know one of the things that we share is how do you go to someone how do you share with someone that there's something they need to hear well you know we teach that bumper buddies here's how you go okay you go in humility what does that mean it means you might be wrong you go in pre-forgiveness which means there's no judgment and there's no enablement it's called making disciples and you go in love. What does love mean? It means joy. I care more about you than I care about how you feel about me. I'm willing to take the risk knowing I might be wrong, but just in case I'm right, it could change your marriage. It could help you with your children. Your career could take off because I care more about you than I'm concerned about how you feel about me. And the fourth one is that we share the truth and the facts, because sometimes the truth and the facts are not the same. And when you go that for, when you go that, that way, exactly. people want you to be their bumper buddy. I mean, they're not, they beg you, would you work with me? And so that's the kind of people I would look for is the people that have the <laughs> love, the forgiveness, the humility and the truth. Yeah, well, I want to share with our listeners that whether it's Bumper Buddies or VP Mosa or all of the other amazing tools, the six-step apology is phenomenal. And I'll, I'll just leave that as a teaser because people really, um, if, if they would use that six-step apology a little bit more, you know, we'd get a lot we get further in regularly. life, wouldn't we? <laughs> I mean, if you heard all the stories, it'd blow your mind. It, it's those stories that keep us doing what we do. But we get told regularly how that was a complete game changer in people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there was two point, two places in the book where you had a, a gentleman who came up to you and asked you if you could help him with his marriage. And, and I knew where you were going. Cause I thought, Oh man, you know, he thinks you're going to fix his wife. He was the one who needed to fix it. And then later on you allude to that with your own wife that, you know, it was you 
that needed to, to do the work. And so many times we want to point to external circumstances or other people instead of looking inwards. And, you know, going back to developing a life of, of, of greater joy is, is if we're willing to open up and to, uh, you know, develop a, a buddy in life, a bumper buddy in life that, that really will work with us. And then uh, say, you know, I heard someone say this one time, into me, see, look into my life. I'm opening my life up to you. And um, I'm going to be real and give you permission to re- be real back then um, that develops that greater, that greater joy, uh, that greater sense of joy in our lives. And um, so I would like for you to talk a little bit about VP Mosa. And if you want to start, if you can start anywhere you want to, I, I did kind of prepare you for this uh, in our pre-interview. Um, so do you mind opening to chapter 24 and, you know, just start there and you can read as much of it as you want to. But that chapter had me in tears driving home yesterday. And I just, I thought, you know, these listeners, our listeners would okay. love hearing this. This is gold. So this chapter is called VPMOSA, VPMOSA, Our Mission in Life. One day, Alfred Nobel picked up the newspaper and read that he had supposedly died when in reality, it was his brother who had passed away. As he read what the newspaper said about him, he realized he would forever be remembered primarily as the man who created dynamite. He was going to be remembered as the man whose invention had killed people. He decided he did not want to be remembered this way. So what did he do about it? He came up with the Nobel Peace Prize. So he would, rem- so he would be remembered for peace rather than death and destruction. As Alfred Nobel did, consider your legacy. This could be one of the most important things you will ever do. Take the time to write these things down. Number one, what do you want your tombstone to say? What would it be like if people walked by, read your tombstone, and they said, yes, that was joy? When you die, what do you want to be said at your funeral? How do you want your spouse, children, friends, coworkers, employees, your neighborhood, your church people? How do you want them to remember you? What would you want them to say at your funeral? Now, based on your tombstone and your obituary or eulogy, what values would you be living out here and now? After you've written these things down, embark on the VP MOSA process. You can do this for yourself on a personal level and then for your organization. V stands for vision. What future reality are you pursuing? What do you aspire to dream or accomplish? Where are you going? Where are you going as a leader? Write these things down. This is your vision statement. If you finished and you looked back and said, I did it, what is it? P is the purpose. Why? Why would you pursue this vision? Why are you here? This is your purpose statement. Your mission statement. What are you willing to do that others may not be willing to do to bring your vision into reality? What sets you apart? What makes you different? That's your mission statement. As you write out your vision, mission, and purpose statements, don't get bound up in the semantics on which one is a mission, which one's a purpose, or which one's the vision. Answer the reflection questions above to the best of your ability. Then go to your objectives. Identify two to three, maybe five or six objectives that you want to accomplish in the next 12 to 18 months to move you towards your vision, purpose, and mission. 
These objectives are your goals as a leader. After you get some experience in the process, I would write down five or six objectives on an annual or regular basis. Strategies. Identify two to three strategies that will help you fulfill each objective. Actions. Now identify specific actions you need to take to implement each strategy within the next 12 to 18 months. What are the specific actions that would be measurable if you executed these strategies? Again, don't get bound up in the semantics of whether something is an objective, strategy, or action step. Just write them down and go for it. This process will make it much easier. You mean to keep reading? Okay. Uh, this process yeah, will make it fine. much easier for you to prioritize your life, causing your stress level to decrease significantly. It will help you to simplify your decision-making processes. When there's a request for your time and energy, you simply ask, will this help me to fulfill my vision? Would this type of activity line up with my vision, mission, and purpose? Would it impact what I want others to say about me at my funeral? Would it influence the words on my tombstone? As you prioritize your life and leadership in this way, people will observe your life and may say, you're lucky. Luck is where the pathway of preparation intersects with the pathway of opportunity. Over time, as we're prepared and opportunity comes, we will see that these become points of destiny. It's really not about luck. It's about preparation, meeting opportunity that moves us toward the destiny we desire. People often tell me, Ford, I wish I'd done the VP MOSA process sooner. I can relate. The first time I went through this process, I ended up on the floor. Weeping. As I compared what I'd written down with what my life reflected in reality. Your life may not be as messed up internally as mine was, so you may not experience this, but if you shed some tears, get comfortable with it, they can help with the healing process. I'd encourage you to make getting this done a top priority. If you'll take the time to write this, you'll be able to look forward expectantly toward your vision. You'll also be able to look backward on your life and see that those points from your past may not have been good luck or bad luck. Most likely, they were points of destiny that were moving you toward the fulfillment of your written down vision. One of the things that's most important to me is my family. If I get a phone call asking me to travel, to consult, teach, train, equip, the first thing I do is check with my wife. What would this commitment do to your schedule? What would this do to our schedule? What would this do to my schedule? Do my children have any important activities that are so important to them that I should not miss them? If I don't live and lead like this, what I've written down is my epitaph, obituary, or eulogy. It certainly won't happen. Wow. And again, going back to contending for the things that matter. The, obviously, if you get to the end of your life, or if you even, you know, I'm 50. So at 50, I'm looking back and saying, what have I done with my life? Or, you know, does any of it really matter? You know, and, and I think a lot of us ask those questions. Does my life really make a difference on this earth? And we certainly want it to make a difference. But if we don't take 
intentional actions to, to invest in relationships and invest in other people around us and ask those hard questions of, wait a minute, is my decision right now going to affect my family in a negative way or affect others in a negative way? Then we're going to get to the end of our life and we're going to be alone and we're going to be hurting and we're going to be sorrowful, you know, full of sorrow because we have not taken intentional steps. And that is the reason why I was so thrilled <laughs> that you said yes to coming to this. And, and um, I'm glad for you that you're getting to do this on po- by podcasts and on radio stations because the world needs to hear what you say. And I hear your heart that you need to continue to give. And so, you know, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And you go on in the book, uh, to talk about the, the tension that's created in chapter 25, you talk about road to Netherland and you discuss the difference between your ideal self and your real self and what happens when there, when there's a greater gap between the two. And I'll leave that again for the, you know, for our listeners to the you, listeners, you need to buy the book. <laughs> uh, we've given you lots of gold right here but you need to buy the book because there's so much more that we can't discuss in this hour's time. But um, I want to thank you for dead, you know, just making that decision to, to step into transformational leadership. And, you know, this is a great life's work forward. And uh, I have certainly been so blessed by it. And I know, I know that our listeners are um, one thing, two things real quick. If you'll share what you're up to right now, if you can share what you're up to with right, you know, right now and what you're, what's coming up next, where people can find you, that kind of stuff, or where they can find transformational okay. leadership. So, so if you'll so kind of share that. We, we have a website that's our consulting company called transformlead.com. Uh, I'm about to do something uh, 20 years ago next month. Uh, I wrote in my journal uh, that God asked me that if I would keep my name off of everything and and use my brain to help everybody else that he gave me in business, uh, that he would take what he was going to give me global, which he's done. Uh, in the last few months, actually a couple of years, I feel like mm-hmm. he's been saying, I've done my part, are you going to do yours? And so I'm actually going to build a website that'll be called Ford Taylor Talks, and I'm going to do a podcast, and we're going to do some live stream TLs, and uh, we're in the process of hopefully getting an app built, and because so many people even though we have TL on demand, which is an online interactive training platform. I mean, that's great. But in some parts of the world, they don't have the Wi-Fi to be able to do that. So we're in the process right now in the middle of trying to do some things that we can get this material out to a lot more people. So, so in the near future, I'm actually going to start doing social media stuff. See, old dogs can learn new tricks, right? Um, you talked about, have I ever been told? <laughs> yes, about we can. Heart? Uh, yes, I've, I've heard that before, but recently it seems to be converted to grandfather's heart. So I'm not sure why it could be the hair color. No, I'm kidding. But, but that's some things that, that we're going to be doing. And I'm actually going to go do a bunch of the recording of a bunch of podcasts yeah. next week. Uh, a large radio network has actually offered us their studio at no charge. They've asked us to do interviews with them. And so we, you know, oh, our, our wow. goal, my goal is just to continue to hopefully, uh, you know, honor God in all that we do. You know, I pray every day a, a long prayer. There's, there's a, a bunch of things, but one of them is God, give me the courage to be humble and the humility to be courageous. You know, God, let me completely learn 100% yeah. how to unconditionally love and unconditionally forgive and be dangerously transparent. 
because I believe when we have believers in our world that we mm. learn to unconditionally love and we learn to unconditionally forgive and we walk in awkward dangers, transparency, I believe what we'll find is that we can love, we can transform and we can influence. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Um, any words of wisdom for last minute? That was absolute gold and wisdom right there. Uh, but we ask all of our uh, guests on words of wisdom and how to live a life with a greater measure now, of me, joy. This is my favorite yeah, one. I think so you've given you. us plenty. I didn't think I was going to get to you, do it. In so case, I, I appreciate that. You know, we, a lot of us that are believers, we've been taught to pray the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, one of the lines is, Father, forgive me my sins as... I forgive those who sinned against me. So think about that. Father, forgive me as much as I forgive others who sinned against me. And then it says, and uh, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil, which is fine. But what, the way we pray it, what we say next, and you can look this up yourself. Jesus didn't say it. You can look it up. It got added by Constantine in the 300s. It says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now I want you to remove that out of the prayer for the rest of your life. Just remove it. And I want you to read what Jesus said next. Okay. Because what he said next, you know, so in John 13 through 17, Jesus has one last meeting before he goes to the cross with the disciples. All right. And in John 13 through 17, you know, he talks about loving each other, depending on your version 20 to 22 times. Now, remember, that's the last meeting he had right before he went to the cross. Now, he had one more after the resurrection. But in there, he talks about your joy being complete, that I want you to have the joy in me as I have the joy in the Father. Well, we hear those scriptures all the time, but no one tells us how to get there. I'm going to tell you how to get there. So, so I want you to remove, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Come forever. on. Amen. And I want you to think about this. Father, forgive me my sin as I forgive those who sinned against me. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Now, here's what Jesus did say next. He said, for if you forgive those who sinned against you, the heavenly father will forgive your sin. But if you do not forgive those who sins against you, the heavenly father will not forgive you. I got news for you. You want to find joy in life? Forgive everyone who's ever hurt you, including yourself. Because when you learn to forgive wow. unconditionally, that joy that's complete between God, the Father, and Jesus, the Son, you'll start finding a joy in your life. You won't get offended. You won't let other people cause harm to you because your joy is in the Father. It's in Jesus. Why? Because you've learned to forgive. And when you learn to forgive, yeah. loving unconditionally is a cakewalk. There's nothing to it. And remember, you can't outgive God. Think mm. about that. If I, if I love the world unconditionally, everybody, 8 billion people, whatever the number is now, I only have to have two love me back that way to get yeah. more back than I gave out. Because I've only got to give it one time. So you can't <laughs> out. If I forgive everybody unconditionally, there you go. I only have to have two that are willing to forgive me unconditionally back. And I got more back than I gave out because I only have to do it once. I just have to do it for everybody. So learn to forgive, 
find that joy. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. So Ford in, in gratitude for, for what you've done in my life, I would like to pay it forward in this uh, podcast. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a link along with your links to transform lead all of the links that you've shared with us. I'm going to also have a link to where people can sign up uh, and we're going to have a drawing and I'll, I'll put that in the content of when that's going to be. Cause I, I don't even have a clue yet, but I'd like to give away 10 of your books um, to anyone who's listening today. We'll, we'll just do a drawing here in the next couple of weeks. I may leave it open for a couple of months because, you know, people, new people are listening every day. So uh, I don't want to leave anybody out in that opportunity. So, uh, but I would like to give 10 people uh, a book to you, you know, to them and to say thank you and to pay that forward just a little bit because I have certainly been a recipient of the goodness of God through transform transformational leadership and now through this book and now Enjoy. through this thank podcast you. with you. So thank, thank you, you once again. Thank you for me on your show. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us some feedback and even subscribe to this podcast. I promise to bring you guests that are living lives full of passion and joy, and my goal is to inspire you to do the same. I invite you to come along with me to continue to live with joy.